Welcome to part three of this five-part wood-fired oven masterclass series where I sit down in the United Kingdom and talk to David Jones from the Mana from Devon Cooking School. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes in the series, I suggest you start with these first. Mana from Devon specialise in teaching wood-fired oven cooking techniques to folks from all around the world. In part three of this masterclass series, we pick up where we left off last episode and discuss baking the perfect tart to tan experimenting with rabbit, lamb, cleftico, and one of my all-time favorites, Lamajun. We also chat about three incredible books Holly and David have authored, which of course you can treat yourself to and purchase today after listening to the episode. We also discuss some of David's favorite published recipes, including some delicious fish dishes, something I promised my wife Rachel I'll do a little more of. Then we get down to business, the Mana from Devon Wood-Fired Oven Kitchen Tour. You've been waiting for it, where we chat about David's cooking gear and his wood-fired ovens. David has quite a few. I'll keep the exact number a little secret for now. It may surprise you. You can find out more about this wonderful wood-fired oven cooking school by checking out their website, manafromdevon.com. I'll leave a bunch of links to their website, books, and online courses in the show notes. If you would like to become a supporter of the Wood-Fired Oven podcast, please consider it. That's much appreciated head over to woodfightoven.cooking forward slash support where I have left a few options for you to consider. Okay, sit back, relax, and join me as we continue this incredible five-part Wood Fight Oven Masterclass series with David Jones. Hi, this is Ben. This is Adrian. This is Clive. This is David Jones from the Manor from Devon Cooking School and you are listening to the Wood Fight Oven Podcast with Mark Gostin. The United Kingdom is a gorgeous place. Lush green rolling hills, gorgeous meandering rivers and stunning wild coastlines. About four and a half hours southwest of London lies Kingswear in South Devon. A particularly stunning area, so much so in fact that it holds national status in the UK as a designated area of outstanding natural beauty. And I can see why. I've travelled here from Brisbane, Australia to visit today's very special guests. David and Holly Jones own and operate the well-known Mana from Devon Cooking School, located near the beautiful River Dart. They have been teaching folks from all around the world wood-fired oven cooking techniques for over 15 years in this amazing place. So I am very excited to chat with David today. They are also authors of three gorgeous wood-fired oven cookbooks, which I discussed back in Season 2, Episode 3 of the show. And that's a good smoking wood too. I've never used oak yeah. for smoking. Has that got a nice... Yeah. We, it's a bit hard for us to get down our part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Very traditional smoking wood in the UK. So, mm. you know, lots of the fish smokeries that, that still exist and once used to be prolific, uh, smoking all the oily fish around the coast, yeah. which are not so prolific anymore. Mm. Um, but a lot of that would have been done on oak as a very traditional yeah. smoking wood. Right. And, I mean, the the... Everybody used to smoke with the wood that was locally available. Yeah, that's how it all. Yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you uh, mentioned hickory too. You probably I, don't have much hickory around here, do you? No, no, I know where that's. I just, from. I just think hickory and poultry are delicious. Oh, yeah, hickory's great. So, so, uh, that's probably my favourite smoking wood, actually. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, so now of course we can go online and we can get pretty much anything. Yeah. yeah. So if I want. Uh, macadamia wood. I can oh yeah, macadamia wood. Yeah. Apple wood. I like apple wood. Apple wood's nice. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Another traditional. Yeah, another traditional UK wood. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah from orchards yeah. and cherry. Yeah, and yeah. cherry. Yeah, mm. I've, I've used cherry a few times. It's nice as well. Yeah. 
bit harder to get for us, but that's quite traditional yeah. here, isn't it, Terry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. In in uh, in the southeast in Kent, there are big cherry orchards in the southwest. Yeah. So not down here, but mm. in the south. On the other side. Yeah. They're uh, traditionally lots of cherry orchards. Okay. So they use cherry. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, so we've, we've, we've done a lot of food in your course. Uh, we've finished off with some dessert. Just tell me again what you finished the course with with your desserts. You talked about... Uh, flans, I think, did you mention? So we cook a, uh, a tart tartare tart regularly. Yeah. And, you know, a tart tartare is kind of rustic. It is tolerant, but it looks, mm. when you turn out a tart tartare. Yeah, it looks and the And the, the pastry is brown and golden mm. and the apples have softened and melted down and have soaked up all of that caramel. Mm. It just looks like nothing on earth. Yeah, so fantastic. even though it's quite a rustic dish, really, it looks pretty It'd be pretty popular, awesome. I would imagine. And if you got the temperature a tiny bit wrong, so you scorch the top of the pastry... Doesn't matter because you kind of knock off the worst of it and then you turn it over and it looks and great the top anyway. Looks fantastic. Right. Yeah. What sort of pastry is it? Uh, we well, um, you can just use a, a roll of puff pastry. Okay. Um, you know, a, a shop bought puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We use a um, a very quick rough puff pastry. Mm. It's actually Delia Smith's cheats puff pastry, rough puff is it? pastry, is it? Okay. and you grate frozen butter into flour um, and coat all the butter with flour mm. and then cold water, mix it all together, it's done. Amazing. And uh, it's fantastic. It's good. And yeah. it, it make, goes really crisp. It's pretty high fat, so it goes nice and crisp. Mm. Makes the best pastes donata, Portuguese egg custard tarts. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Gosh, does it? And makes a really great um, tart tartare. Yeah, and you get this lovely soft melting apple against crisp pastry. Oh, fantastic. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So pretty hungry now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so <we've> doing, something, <laughs> doing something sweet in the oven is another thing for a lot of people, which is revelationary. Yeah. 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 I mean, so these things like, are so versatile, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. So obviously going to come away from your courses, like I said before, with lots of tips and lots of tricks and things. I'm going to go home and I'm going to forget it all very quickly unless I've got something written down. So we've mentioned before, David, that uh, you, you're both authors. Uh, I find that really exciting. It's on my bucket list one day. Uh, I've got uh, three of your, your books in front of me here. Tell me about them. Uh, okay. Well, the first book, the Wood Fired Oven Cookbook, came about because we were approached by a publisher who said, will you please write this or would you be happy to write an oven about wood-fired cooking? So when did you write this cookbook? So this was written in 2010, which was really only two or three years after we'd started teaching wood-fired cooking. Okay. So it was pretty early for us. But it's again, a beautiful like, book. Beautiful like book. a lot of other things, when the publisher said, will you write this cookbook? We said yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you pleased to say yes? Yes, uh-huh. def- most definitely. Mm. And although it was a deal where we wrote the book for cash and haven't had a royalty, nevertheless, the kudos that that book has given us has been amazing yeah. because they sell it worldwide. We have had messages from all over saying we love this cookbook and it's really helped us. And it keeps getting republished 
and sold. So it's been a fantastic success. That, it really for is. Us. And yeah. I, there's a there's a great section at the start of this book about all the different tools and equipment that can help uh, folks with their wood fired ovens. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a fantastic instructional book as well as filled with some fantastic recipes. It's uh, Have you got some favourites? Yeah, and as, as um, like everything else, in it we've tried to emphasise that it's not a pizza oven. So mm. there's sections on bread, there's meat, there's fish, there's sweet stuff, there's all sorts of things in there that um, hopefully explain to people that it's a versatile piece yeah, of kit. That's yeah. what we really wanted to mm. get. Mm. get over and the reason we ended up cooking it funnily enough is because the guy who they first approached and said yes thought it was going to be all about bread and then they said no it's got to be about everything and he said i really only do bread oh Uh, no and that guy was paul merry from the pannery who had taught me the bread making class which had really yeah funny coincidence yes amazing um this looks like a lamajan but is this a lamajan? It is, yeah. Middle Eastern spice. We've done this in our wood fire oven a couple of times. Lamajan. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of lamajan with, with delicious, uh, isn't it? Amazing. Uh, lemons over the top and uh, yeah. parsley. It's, a it's so chilli. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. yeah. And when when we've done pizza like family pizza nights here with folks, we'll quite often do one of those. We we give the kids you know all the cheesy and tomato and stuff. Yeah. And then. There's grown-up pizza, oh, which is the Lamajan. It's good, isn't it? Oh, I think it's so good. Yeah. It's just bangers and, the, and mash. The other, bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. Do it. Yeah, oh, keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, yeah. The other recipe I really like in there, and which uh, we've done many times, is lamb cleftico. And it is just a recipe which is made for a wood-fired oven. So explain that dish. What, what, and, what is it? So lamb cleftico is basically lamb in a pot, with some potatoes and some lemon and some oregano. Oh, sounds good. Greek uh, kind Greek? of dish. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, and the the cleftico bit is means thieves' lamb. Oh, and the idea was, the legend has it, that bandits made this dish where they'd sort of um, put that all together in a pot, stick it in the oven, seal up the door with, with clay so there was no smoke or anything coming from it. And then they could go off and not be detected. Is that right? And, uh, <laughs> as legend has, oh, lovely legend romantic. Has, That's fantastic. But you basically, you know, you put it in a pot, you put it all together, you put it in the oven for three or four hours, and you come back, and the lamb is falling off the bone. Oh, stop and it! It's all been flavoured oh, with a little wine and oregano and garlic and lemon. Okay, and it's just delicious. Uh, yeah, sounds wonderful. Yeah. Goodness. And it's just a simple put it all together, put it in the oven and forget about it kind of a dish. That's great. Yeah. How long would that cook for? Uh, four, three, four, yeah, so three to nice, five hours. Lovely slow cooked dish. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Rabbit. Is yeah. rabbit widely eaten in the UK? N- not widely. I was brought up with um, eating rabbit from time to time. Yeah. Because people would bring some to my – my father didn't shoot, but people would – Drops them off yeah. at Lucky. the house. Nice. My mother would sort them out. Yeah, okay. And so, can you go have, down to your local butcher here and, and buy rabbit? Uh, n- no, not no. not so much. No. There will be game dealers. Okay, that uh, yeah. that will do it. But you don't see them wide. You see them frozen sometimes, yeah. farmed. Yeah, frozen. I tried to get some rabbit. So. Uh, for those listening, uh, page seventy-four, rabbit stew with apricots and white wine. That is my kind of food right there. 
I really enjoy rabbit. A couple of months ago uh, in my local butcher in Brisbane, um, uh, they're very anti-rabbit in, in Queensland where we live. Uh, they, yeah. they just You're not allowed to keep them as pets or anything like that. You're fined if you keep them as pets. They, oh, they, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Very anti-rabbit. Um, but as a result, uh, there's very little rabbit around. I asked the butcher if he could order me some rabbit. He said, yes, that'd be great. I'll give you a phone call. I never got the phone call. <laughs> he never got them for me. Because there are some dishes that I would love to do uh, with rabbit. Um, and I haven't. I haven't had it in years, but mm. I remember growing up uh, having rabbit and just really, really enjoyed it. So I did well, see this. Uh, I mean, there's no recipe. shortage of rabbit around. No, there's you know, a lot. There's yeah. a lot of rabbit. Oh, yeah. And farmers are shooting it, I'm they sure. Yeah. Uh, so you think there'd be some rabbit about, but we, we don't get to see it very often, Yeah, I'm afraid. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, this is the uh, your first book, Wood-Fired Oven Cookbook by Holly and David Jones. Uh, yeah. Beautifully photographed as well. What book came next? So next came – well, next we we spoke to that publisher again and said, how about a follow-on? Yep. And it, it, actually, initially they contacted us and said, how about a follow-on? And we did start putting together an idea and then they backed off from it actually. Okay, right. And they said that we didn't want to do a follow-on okay. because it is a niche. I mean, even oh, though it's, sure. yeah. that book has been tremendously popular, yeah. it's still – we're yeah. still in a niche. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they said no to that, mm. so fair enough. And then we thought, well, we'll, we'll write our own and we'll self-publish okay. our own book. Fantastic. That'll be fun, Yeah, thought. So t- hey, tell me about that process, because <laughs> that's what you did with book number two, was it? You self-published. That's right. How yeah. did you go about doing that? Uh, well, first of all, of course, you've got to decide your subject. And we did the wood-fired flatbreads and pancakes. And, and This is a great book. This I, I think it's fantastic. And um, Holly wanted to do... Pizza. Okay. <laughs> and, and I just thought, there's so many books on pizza in yeah. the market. Yeah. Let's not be that obvious. We'll showcase some of the other wonderful oh, yeah. examples of flatbreads sure. from around the world huh. and some of the things that we've tasted and and not do that. And, and maybe we're even more niche than pizza would have been but anyway it was fun to uh it was fun to do but to publish that book you know you've got to decide on the the recipes and bring all that together find a photographer we found a fantastic photographer find a designer we knew someone a graphic graphics person friend who uh, has helped us with lots of things and he was very happy to pull that uh together and then you've got to find a printer and we found a printer based in malta Funnily enough. Malta, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing local do, then. Do some self-publishing. <laughs> Goodness. And then there's a lot of toing and froing. So obviously you've got to write all the recipes. Holly does all of that. I, does she? She's, oh, legend. She has the concentration and focus to yeah, do that, and right. I do not. You do the testing and the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got to say, right, then we're going to do all the cooking and photograph all of that. So we get... Uh, Nick Hook in for several days to come and photograph. And he's just a fantastically easy guy to work with. His, pho- his photographs are amazing. Uh, yeah, he's done a really brilliant. Yeah. Really brilliant. Yeah. And we're frantically cooking everything and photographing and hopefully not... 
taking too long about all that, but it's a it's a time consuming oh, process. Yeah. And, uh, so how many uh, recipes yeah. would there be in this uh, book here? Uh, it's, it's heaps. It's, it's, it's a huge twenty four. Yeah, right. Quite remember now. That's a lot of flat breads for your photographer yeah. to eat in a couple of days. And these are really all breads with a bit of a you know that that we know and love for some reason or other. Yeah. So that's what we wanted to do was to kind of talk yeah. about that and and say it's not all pizza you know there's a heap of other things bread wise you could be doing flatbread wise you could be doing in your mm. in your oven mm. Mm. do you have a uh, favorite in here that, that that you like oh uh i think the the stuffed parata i don't know where that comes but stuffed parata just uh we we spent a, a month or so in india and we arrived at two in the morning or something and got up to breakfast of stuffed parata oh, wow, and pickles. And it sounds divine. just is now in my head as the ultimate start. We knew we were in India. You know, it, you yeah, yeah right. Stuffed parata. Oh, fantastic. And it's such a versatile thing. You know, you can stuff a parata with anything. Okay. Um, sweet, savoury, right meat, here. vegetable. And suddenly what was a, you know, just a simple piece of bread now has become this wonderful flavoursome thing with whatever you want to put inside it. Well, they look amazing. Totally different. Oh, my gosh. Look at them. And it's also we've we've done it a lot with with groups because it's just a fun fun little kind of technical challenge to fill and roll and yeah, right. not have it explode. Uh, I guess <laughs> and, and you're cooking this in a uh, – is, is this one of your cast iron or was, was that a just steel? In a, just in a little skillet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, steel, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah. With some with some ghee or some oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they look divine. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So this was yeah. book number two that came out, self-published. Yeah. And did that work out better for you, self-publishing long-term, your, your own product, as opposed to going through a publishing in book number uh, one? Well, the publisher has better channels of distribution yeah, of and course. publicity yeah. and all of that than, mm. than we do. Mm. So, mm. you know, that book gets published, the the first one, the general one gets, gets printed and goes on sale and sells out and then the print it again and there's a time lag mm. and it appears again and off we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas ours, we had to have quite a lot printed Yeah, right. just to make it economical. Yeah, sure, sure. So we've got a basement full of books uh, and, they, <laughs> yeah. and they sell, you know, they sell steadily. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, book number two. So, book number three comes along. Yeah. Uh, and when did you do book three? Uh, this must be 2018. Okay, yeah, 2018-ish? 2018-ish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And this book is all about? Fish and seafood. Fish and seafood, my favourite. Yeah. Okay. But has this been popular? <laughs> has this been that's popular? Been very, that has been very popular. Okay. Yeah. And it was a, a joy to cook such a wide variety of different uh, dishes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've always cooked a lot of fish, done lots of fish classes here. So to be able to use some of that and show off the wood-fired oven uh, and the awesome ingredients, fish yeah, ingredients that sure. you get around here was amazing. And, and the photos uh, in here are incredible as well. Still, they're just wonderful. Yeah, photographs. Same photographer, same process. Yep. Same toing and froing, back and forward, proofreading, mm. all done by Holly. Uh, that's would, a, that's a would, heck of an effort. You wouldn't want me proofreading. No, no, no that's proofreading right. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, a particular favourite in here? 
A uh, particular favourite in there would be, um, I think we, we well, the roast scallops I was talking yeah, about yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Always, I saw a photo of that just Always before. fantastic. pretty good. And I think, you know, just roasted fish with a little butter and wine. Yeah. Um, uh, so sold menuia or do that with a little bit of brill or something. Yeah. Um, Fabulous. Just that's the most good. wonderful thing. Yeah, and sound. again, simple. Yeah. Like my cleft eco thing. I don't I don't really like fussy, fussy recipes. Okay. That require a lot. All right. So dust a piece of fish with some flour. Yeah. Get it in a pan with some or get some oil and butter in a pan foaming. Pop it in there. Baste, baste, baste. Yeah. Flip it over. Baste, baste, baste. Stick it on a plate. Pour some wine in the pan. Yeah. Reduce that. Pour that over the top. Yeah. Done. Does that sound pretty good, Rachel? Sounds wonderful. Okay. It's just the All most. Right. I promise in front of David, I'll cook you some fish. Just the most amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if someone said, you know, here's a here's a brill, what are you going to do with that? That's yeah, that would be exactly the way to do what it. I'd do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book number four. What's it going to be? Book number four yeah. may or may not appear. Okay. You might have done your dash. Well, uh, it's a it's an expensive and time consuming process, mm. and there's no. There's certainly no immediate financial payback mm, for mm. it, and um, you've done a good effort here, though. Three, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Books is fantastic. And the idea was that we would do a series of those, and if they sold faster, we probably might have done. Yeah, right. And the next one would have been yeah. poultry, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, but I think our wider audience is probably on social media, on YouTube yeah. uh, and, and that kind of thing. So I think we'll put our effort into that and to increasing that. So you're talking, you're talking about your online courses here. Is that what you're, you're talking uh, well, about? Well, initially, just the, just the you know, freebie stuff on YouTube, yeah, yeah. which uh, actually has got a really good following and lots of people come on classes following up from that yeah. and say, you know, I've been following you on YouTube, I've been wanting to come on a class, yeah. here I am. Your production so value that. of your videos are very, very good. Oh, are you thank doing you very all, much. all of yourself? Well, we started with a crew yep. coming in uh, who were great. And then during COVID, actually, we had to do it all ourselves. Yeah, so right. we invested in a bit of kit yep. and invested in a new computer and editing software. Yep. Holly taught herself patiently to to use the editing software. Yeah, yeah. and we started doing our own. That's and great. we did a load during lockdown. Okay. Uh, and since then, actually, we haven't done very much at all okay. because it just got too busy yeah, after that. Everyone wants to come back to courses uh, in person. But the plan is to get back yeah. into that because it just connects us. You know, anybody can look at that from mm. anywhere in the world, and we've had messages from all over. That's just brilliant. From people who are watching those yeah. those videos. Yeah. That's that's great to see. Yeah. And the investment is less than an, in a book. Mm. And actually, I mean, we don't get, obviously, we don't get to sell those videos. Um, uh, and YouTube, bless them, don't give us a whole no, no, no. hill of beans either. No. But it connects us to a wider audience. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And so leveraging off that success with your YouTube, but you did you have gone down the line of uh, online video courses. Yes. And that, that was born out of COVID in, in some respects, was it? Well, I think we, talk, we talked about it for a long time, yeah. recognising that we are, you know, here in one location and there's an audience which is potentially worldwide who aren't going to come here. Mm. So how do we, how do we reach them? Mm. So we've, we've created some online 
classes, which basically are uh, classes that we would run here or videoed mm. and available online mm. on an online platform. Mm. And where would people go to find those online courses? What's uh, the website? Podia is the platform. Podia, yep. And if they search for Manor from Devon on Podia, we've got a pizza masterclass and a refactory oven class and a steel oven class and a oh, fantastic. more so oven class. Yeah, great. Well, we'll leave links uh, in the show notes uh, to Mana from Devon on Podia as well. So manafromdevon.com and yeah. you'll find these online courses there. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're very much uh, what one could expect if they actually came here, but obviously a bit more condensed. Is that is that how you, you've laid them out? They, they are, exactly. And without the tasting I, oh, and yeah. without the no smell of vision, you know that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, if 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 we could learn everything from watching things, ah. we'd all be master chefs, wouldn't, wouldn't we? we? Because we've all seen Master Chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, right. <laughs> so actually, people coming to us and and really kind of experiencing it mm. sends them away. I think a lot more with a lot more understanding and a lot more enthusiasm. Mm than watching it on uh, on the video. What's the feedback been like from folks who have signed up for the course? Oh, it's I mean, been, they've been very good. You've been very happy with yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, the things I've taught myself from watching YouTube is oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and there's, so there's, a, there's, a, yeah. there's a few fantastic wood-fired oven folks on YouTube. Yeah, really are. <laughs> really, really are. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, so and we've had people. We see people, you know, come back and get the next course and the next course. And it's great, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that has been really good. Yeah. Um, and they are far flung, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, you've diversified well with your books, your in-person classes, your online courses. That's it's yeah. great. Well, you've got to you've keep got to trying. You, well, you do, you've don't you? And and yeah. uh, we were talking earlier that. Uh, before we came on air, that my wife and I we run a uh, an online uh, education company uh, back in Australia, and and you do you you have to diversify. You have to technology changes too, and we've been doing it for mm. about a decade now. And technology changes, platforms change, yeah. uh, software editing uh, yeah. changes, and even for this podcast, uh, learning the latest audio editing software, it's it's a big learning curve. Yeah, and it is for video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's a. It's a solid effort to go down the video route because that's a that's a steep learning curve. So you've done well. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it, it you know, I don't enjoy it as much at all standing in front of a camera mm. because when you've got a group of people there, it's immediate. Mm. It is you you feed off their feedback. Yeah, so you, whether it's just seeing people nodding or them asking questions, yeah. Yeah. that kind of fires you up yeah, trying to reproduce that in front of a camera yes it's hard isn't it the energy is yeah, and, yeah. and it's similar like you know I've done these interviews in person and I've done these interviews uh, on online using some software online I far prefer to sit across the table and chat with guys yeah, like yeah. yourself totally. in person it's totally. so much more interesting to do yeah yeah it's great just want to take a quick moment during this episode and express my gratitude to all those wonderful folks who have reached out and financially supported the show it only takes a few small coins, the equivalent of shouting me a coffee or lunch to make a big difference to the future viability of the show. If you would like to become a supporter of the Wood Fired Oven podcast, please head over to woodfiredoven.cooking forward slash support where there are a few options you can choose from. I've left links in the show notes. Special shout out this week to Jim and Adrian for supporting the show recently. I'm very grateful to you for your generous support. Thanks to all my supporters. You are all legends to me. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, 
kitchen tour. I need I need to have a good tour of your kitchen now. Is that okay? Can okay. we stand up and uh, have a wander around and explain your kitchen to the listeners? Definitely. All right. Okay, so we are in your outdoor kitchen for real now. And on the right-hand side, I'm looking at a whole bunch of black pans up on the wall. Tell me what I'm looking at. Okay, so this is our, our array, our collection of pans, which have come from a wide variety of places. And they're the sort of things that we throw in and out of the ovens and uh, they get rather battered, they get discoloured when the oven is really hot mm. uh, and, and smoky. So uh, they tend to be black mm. for that reason. But they're well used. They've got a uh, lots of scrapes and scratches on the bottom, but a lovely patina oh, gorgeous, of yeah. non-stick surface on the inside. And we've got, uh, uh, I've got this this really solid cast iron pan here, which is from my uh, from my auntie. Oh, lovely. We didn't break it. No. No, no. And it's a it's a sort of heritage piece which gets handed down from family to family oh, when when your wrist gets too weak to oh, lift oh, it. Oh, does it? It's got a very long uh, handle on it, hasn't it? Which is perfect. Absolutely weighs a Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Weighs nice. a ton. Yeah, nice. I've also got these really lovely French crepe pans. Yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? And very shallow, is, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Spun steel. They're brilliant for all sorts of flatbreads and yeah. pancakes. About the size of a saucer and it's uh, – oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful patina on it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, lovely. But really solid. Never yeah. going to buckle. Yeah. Uh, these these steel candy pans with two handles that you can spin around in the oven are yeah. really useful. Yeah, very good. Because – if we, we have got pans with handles, and they're great if you're just tossing around a few prawns or yeah, yeah. stirring something. Mm. But if you're cooking something, often the heat in the oven is asymmetric because mm. you've got fire on one side or at the back. So you need to spin things around. Yep. So double-handled pans are great. So looking at your oven here, you can probably reach inside your oven and spin this by hand. Yeah. Is that what you normally do? So yeah. in my oven at home... There is no, once it's in the oven, it, it's probably a, a meter and a half yeah. uh, to the back of my oven, uh, and sure. so I, I have to use a hook to do it. And yeah. if I didn't have, I've got one of those. Oh y- yes, yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have a hook uh, to, uh, to to spin it, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to spin it. So no. uh, yeah, it's very handy to have these yeah. handles or hooks on the side. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you find you, you tend to use these more uh, than? Yeah, definitely. The long handled ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've got a waffle pan, a waffle oh, iron. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wood fired waffles. Fantastic. Waffle. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Little patty tins. Yep. These are these are really great. They've got a f- wonderful non-stick surface. Mm. And they're fairly heavy, so they don't they don't buckle. Oh yeah, they are too. Uh, and what would you cook in these? Yorkshire puddings. Oh yeah. Um little egg egg cups for breakfast. Yeah, nice. Egg and bacon cups. Um, yes, patty pan pakora. I've got a Tuscan grill. Oh, yes, you do too. Fabulous. Need a Tuscan grill. Oh, you sure do. And a grill basket to sit on top right. of the Tuscan grill for roasting veggies. Yeah, nice. Okay. Old roasting tins of various sorts. Are these, they're not cast iron, are they? No, no, no. These are just, just old. regular old from the oven. Old steel roasting tins. Yeah, right. Yeah. So is this the sort of tin you were talking about uh, doing some smoking in? And yeah, exactly. These? Yeah, exactly it's that. Great. I must try. It's great. Yeah. And I've also got some nicer cast iron yep. there. Mm-hmm. Some nice a- enameled cast finished. iron pots. Yeah. 
Very nice. Brilliant for those dishes. When the oven is cooler and mm. you're just going to put it in there and forget about it okay. for a few hours. And oven to table. Yeah, with, it's great. Uh, with those. And all of these are nice. up on the uh, on the wall as well, which is a great place for them. I've got yeah. mine on a couple of outdoor shelves outside and yeah. uh, it's nice to see them up on the wall, nice and easy to handle and to choose and to see them as opposed to being in a big stack like mine. It's yeah, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. So that's your implement wall there. And if we moving to our left now, we yeah. come across the first of your wood-fired ovens here. So uh, yeah, what are we looking at here? So this is a small refractory masonry oven, a 60 centimetre internal diameter. It's a good size. Yeah. yeah. It looks like it's got a kind of brick effect on the outside, but that is in fact a, a glass reinforced concrete shell, yeah, right. which fits over the top because yeah. this, this oven is made by a guy called Jay Emery, uh, okay. uh, Bushman Wood-Fired Ovens, right. based in the Midlands in the UK, okay. South African guy, enormously enthusiastic, enormously knowledgeable about wood-fired ovens mm. and everything, everything about them. Mm. Very, very proud of his product and careful to keep developing it. And mm. and this is a fairly sort of modern iteration of the wood-fired oven in that it comes in a box of bits. Does it? You put all the bits together yourself. So a bit of DIY. And so a bit, of, a bit of DIY. It comes with a, a little um, video card. Does that you just open up and it plays with the instructions of how to put it together. Is that right? So it's kind of an IKEA solution. Oh, it's fantastic! And it means that if you live in a house with a with a side passageway, you can take all the pieces through, mm. uh, and then when you're in the spot where you're going to put the oven, you just build it in situ, okay. as opposed to. The enormous oven turning up on the roadside that you ordered off the internet. Oh, yeah. And then you thinking, well, what do I do with it now? That's exactly right. When mine yeah. turned up, it was a one ton on a pallet, and uh, they managed to put it up the driveway, and then I deconstructed the pallet and about 10 bricks at a time on my wheelbarrow around the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it took all day, but it was fun. Yeah. But this is great. 60 centimetres on the base, that's a good size oven for, for a lot of folk, I would have thought. For a, for a domestic oven? Yeah. It is, I think a lot of people look at a 60 centimetre oven and think it's not very big. I want a bigger oven because they've seen one on TV or in a restaurant or something and they think, well, surely bigger is better. And actually, a 60 centimetre oven takes minimal amount of fuel to heat it right. up. But still, if it's a good oven, and this is definitely a very good oven, mm. still has fantastic heat yeah. tension. Yeah, that's right. So I can fire this oven up and I can cook. On one firing of the oven, I can cook for 12 hours it's for sure. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? But yeah. that one firing has only taken a small amount of fuel. Mm. Uh, so, and also I can have it up to temperature in 45 minutes. Yeah, that's quick. Easily. That's really quick. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So to give comparison to that, my uh, 105 centimetre brick oven, uh, that's going to take me about two and a half hours to get up to, yeah. uh, to, to piping hot temperatures. I don't mind that, but if you need to do it quick, this is a great option. Yeah, yeah and it just makes it, I think, more spontaneous. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to plan ahead with your Yeah, oven. absolutely. Yeah. With this oven, you know, you can come home from work in the evening, think, well, it's a nice evening, yeah. I'm going to fire up the oven. Yeah. By the time you've, you you load up the oven, you light the fire, by the time you've gone back in and mm. organised some food, your oven's that's ready to that, go. That's great. We have a lot, lot of nice evenings in Brisbane, though. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's not talk about the rain here. Okay, that's great. <laughs> okay. Now, on the other side of 
uh, your bench here. It's yeah. These beautiful tiles. I really like that. You've got another wood fired oven, and that's another Bushman by the looks. So the same manufacturer, but this one was built in his factory and then brought down here and lowered into place by the builder's merchant's high ab. So this weighed 500 kilos oh, yeah, now when we got it. Yeah, It's go. a 82 centimetre internal diameter. Um, and it's a slightly more serious bit of kit. It's a beast, isn't it? But it's it a gorgeous still oven. doesn't take a huge amount of heating up. Yep. Certainly cooks for 18, maybe even 24 hours uh, after a, yeah, that's after good, isn't a it? firing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it is just, um, I mean, we've had this quite a long time now. It yeah, must be getting beautiful. on for 10 years. It is absolutely bomb proof. It has been so reliable, mm. so easy to fire up. Yeah. Uh, so stable in temperature. I I love it. It's yeah. gorgeous. Uh, the internal dome, what's it made from? Uh, so that's a refactory concrete. Concrete right yeah. through. Yeah, it's great. Have you it, had to paint the outside a few times in the, that time? Yeah. Yeah. So it came as great, a, just as a sort of natural concrete yeah. sort of colour. We initially painted it white and it looked fantastic oh, yeah. painted white. It would. However, it smudged really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so then it didn't look so great. So it's had a few recoatings, and basically I now coat it with whatever's left over in a tin from oh, the last D household <laughs> DIY. And uh, when it when it starts to look a bit smudged again, I just give it another coat. And the case. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show at woodfiredoven.cooking forward slash support. There are links in the show notes. This support helps to bring more great Wood Fired Oven podcast episodes out to you. Remember, a few small coins makes a big difference to the show. Sign up online at woodfiredoven.cooking and receive our free Wood Fired Oven resources pack. Follow me on Instagram at marks underscore woodfiredoven for recipes, tips, and techniques to supercharge your fire cooking skills. Join our Wood Fired Oven Chronicles Facebook group and meet some amazing fire cooking enthusiasts. Thanks for listening to this episode. Catch you next time. Stay safe, have fun, and go cook with fire.